Moses tells the people about the blessings of obedience and the curses of disobedience before telling them about what path the nation will choose on The Bible Brief. Today is review day on The Bible Brief. If you haven't left us a five-star review on your podcast platform, will you do that today? Reviews are a key way that new people find out about the show. We must have a change of heart. Each one of us needs a change of heart. As each of us sins against God, we form a stubborn and hard heart toward Him. As we resist His will for us in unbelief, our hearts can become dull. We can, in a sense, become hard of hearing or so nearsighted as to be blind. Disobedience and resistance to God can obstruct us from not only living a life well lived before God, but they can rob us of the relational blessings that we can experience every day with God. We must have a change of heart, and that change of heart means the putting off of our stubbornness. It means doing things God's way instead of our way. It means that we stop resisting and start obeying. For our part, we need to stop resisting and turn to God. But for God's part, when we've stopped resisting and we've turned to Him, He will empower us to love Him wholly and to obey Him. We stop resisting and turn to the Lord. God empowers wholehearted love of Him and obedience to His commands. These two stages appear to encompass the whole concept of circumcision of the heart in Moses' speech in Deuteronomy. Because there's a circumcision of the heart that a human can do, and there's a circumcision of the heart that God does. Both related, but distinct in what they accomplish. The human can stop resisting and have faith, but God must provide the power to love Him wholly and obey His commands. You could think of this as showing up for heart surgery. You've stopped resisting going into the hospital. You've listened to the counsel of others that you need to go. And finally, you schedule the appointment and go. But the surgeon is the one who truly fixes things. He's the one who makes your heart work properly again. He's the one who changes the heart completely. You can say, I got myself a new heart. While the surgeon can say, I gave him a new heart. Both are true and require both the patient's willingness and the surgeon's expertise. Okay, so we're going to rejoin Moses' speech today near the end. He spent chapter after chapter encouraging this younger generation, explaining the laws to them, and helping this generation see that they must love Yahweh, obey His commands, and take the land. But here near the end of the speech, we see the potential consequences of obedience or disobedience. We see what will happen if the people love Yahweh, obey His commands, and take the land. And we see what will happen if they remain stiff-necked, stubborn, and rebellious like the prior generation. We read this, starting in Deuteronomy chapter 28. If you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all His commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb, and the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl, 
Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. There's even more about blessing that Moses says, but I think you get the idea. If the people obey the laws that God has given them, they will be blessed more than they can imagine. They will never lack food or water or children. They will be forever victorious in battle, and they will be the head of all the nations of the world. Israel will be blessed in the land promised to their fathers long ago. But this blessing had a flip side to it too. If obedience meant blessing in the land, disobedience meant cursing away from the land, and this cursing would be most severe. We read excerpts of this, beginning in verse 15 through the end of chapter 28. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, or be careful to do all His commandments and His statutes that I command you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the field. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You shall go out one way against them, and flee seven ways before them. And you shall be a horror to all the kingdoms of the earth. The Lord will bring a nation against you from far away, from the end of the earth, swooping down like an eagle, a nation whose language you do not understand, a hard-faced nation who shall not respect the old or show mercy to the young. If you're not careful to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, Yahweh your God, then Yahweh will bring on you and your offspring extraordinary afflictions, afflictions severe and lasting, and sicknesses grievous and lasting. And the Lord will scatter you among all peoples, from one end of the earth to the other, and there you shall serve other gods of wood and stone, which neither you nor your fathers have known. And the Lord will bring you back in ships to Egypt, a journey that I promised you should never make again, and there you shall offer yourselves for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves, but there will be no buyer. God's blessing is amazing and prosperous, but His cursing is awful and severe. Through Moses, God provides a warning to the people, lest they disobey once they are in the land. A warning that speaks of nothing but utter devastation on the people, total defeat, total discontentment, total panic and sadness. And as if to cap it all off, he says something that probably hit the people with great impact. He says, And the Lord will bring you back in ships to Egypt, a journey that I promised you should never make again. And there you shall offer yourselves for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves, but there will be no buyer. Effectively, he says, You were slaves in Egypt before Yahweh saved you. And if you disobey him in the land, he'll send you back to Egypt, where you'll try to sell yourselves back into slavery. But things will be so bad that they won't even want you as slaves. They will look at you with such horror as to want nothing to do with you. This is a sobering warning. You can imagine the camp of Israel in a sort of deafening silence after Moses spoke these words. While they may have rejoiced at the blessedness that would come from obedience, they're probably stunned at the horror of the cursing that would come upon them for disobedience. But what he says a few paragraphs later would stick this in their minds like perhaps nothing else. 
Let's read, starting in Deuteronomy, chapter 30. And when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have set before you, and you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God has driven you. Wait, stop. What did he say? When you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God has driven you, Moses is saying that they're going to experience the cursing. He's saying that eventually this nation will be cast out of the land of Canaan and driven to other nations. They will experience the curses that he's just spent paragraph after paragraph detailing to them. You could probably have heard a pin drop in the camp. The shock of this statement must have caused immediate exasperated sighing and more than a few gasps. Their future was known by God, and their future was exile from the land. From the land they were about to enter. They must have thought their whole journey from Egypt, that they were approaching the end of history. They must have thought that once they came into the land, that God would send his king to reign over them from the tribe of Judah, that evil would be defeated once and for all, and that they would live prosperously forever in the land promised to their fathers. What a paradigm shift this statement must have been for the nation. They weren't approaching the end of history. They were only coming into the land for a temporary stay. They must have felt like the ground was shifting under them as they overlooked Canaan from their camp there across the Jordan River. But that's not all that Moses said. He still gave them hope for the future. God wouldn't be finished with Israel when he scattered them. No, he still has plans for this nation. Moses said this, And when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse, which I have set before you, and you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God has driven you, and you return to the Lord your God, you and your children, and obey his voice in all that I command you today, with all your heart and with all your soul, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have mercy on you. And he will gather you again from all the peoples where the Lord your God has scattered you. If your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of heaven, from there the Lord your God will gather you, and from there he will take you. And the Lord your God will bring you into the land that your fathers possessed, that you may possess it, and he will make you more prosperous and numerous than your fathers. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring, so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, that you may live. Israel has a hope, and their hope lies in a circumcised heart. When Israel collectively turns back to Yahweh their God, when they stop with their stubbornness, when they have faith like their fathers had in the one true God. Then they will return to the land. Then they will be blessed by God and have their hearts circumcised by God himself so that they can wholeheartedly love him. The people will have to stop resisting heart surgery and finally submit to the master surgeon. Only then would they find the abundant life that they seek in the land of Canaan. Moses has told them about the blessing and the curse. He has shown them the two paths, and he's told them that Israel will eventually take the wrong path. But he hasn't left them without hope. Eventually, God will restore them. Eventually, God will bring them back. Eventually, this land will indeed be the land of Israel forever. But not yet. What they need first, and collectively, is nothing less than a circumcised heart.
Join us next time as Moses concludes his speech, but not before a word of encouragement. Encouragement to be strong and courageous and take the land of Canaan. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2023